0: Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to the Food Service for Thought podcast. Today we have a special preview episode of the North American Association of Food Equipment Manufacturers Show, or NAFM show, coming up in early February. So sit back, relax, and click play. Thanks for tuning in. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Food Service for Thought podcast. I am Justin. And I'm Carrie. And we are excited you are along for the ride today. We have a fun episode planned. In just a couple of days, we will be attending one of our industry's largest trade shows and conferences, and we thought it would be fun to do a preview episode and kind of walk through uh, what exactly this conference is and the association behind it and uh, some of our experiences and kind of get into some of the detail as far as what to expect. So, Kerry, if you don't mind uh, kind of leading us through the, the initial education piece of this, go ahead.
1: Yeah, so we're going to the North American Association of Food Equipment Manufacturers Show, or the NAFM Show, which happens every other year. Because it's so
0: big, it only happens every other year.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and uh, and it has been in Orlando many year, many shows in a row, um, and it is again this year. NAFM was founded in 1948, so it's been around a while and had a long time to kind of perfect what it is that they do for their members, their members are food equipment and supply manufacturers. So this is for the manufacturers. There's over 550 member manufacturers, so not 550 people, but manufacturer companies. And uh, yeah, and I don't know how many, you know, food equipment and supply manufacturers there are in the industry, but but 550 is a lot. And um, their their mission simple. I love it. It's the enduring success of our members, and so that's their that that's what they use to guide them in everything they do. And uh, their their website is clearly broken out. And one of the things I think we should mention before we move on to the show is their advocacy and how they work with legislators to. Um, Make them aware of how lawmaking affects the equipment supply manufacturers, which is important. It might 550 companies may not sound like a big deal, but when you consider how much their impact is on our our and, you know, our whole economy, because the hospitality and food service industry is huge, it's just ginormous. Um I, I wonder what if it's the biggest industry. I I don't know. But anyway, uh that that's their their advocacy programs are great and, and uh maybe we'll get to learn more about of those at the show.
0: Yeah, I hope so. And that you know that's something that people in the you know past years might have scrolled past if they're on their website, but now with, with everything um, in the news, it's. I think it's helped people want to become more educated on that. And uh, it's forced people, even if they don't want to become more educated on it, <laughs> to get more educated. So I th- I'm excited to to kind of learn a little bit more about that side of it, too, when we attend the show. Because uh, you kind of talked us through about the show and exhibitors and, and, and that as well.
1: Yeah, there's uh, over 600 exhibitors with thousands of different products there. So it's not just equipment their supply items too and you know just looking at our line list we have and we i think we have a great mix of products that we represent so when i think about our line list and then the competitor the the people the manufacturers that we compete against there's anywhere from disposable items to you know giant walk-ins and um bakery equipment that you can drive a car into and it's just amazing the different, the different types of equipment there. And I was making a list earlier of who, who should attend from our industry, like who's best going to, who's most going to benefit from attending NAFM. And really if you have anything to do with serving food to the public, whether it's an institutional capacity uh, healthcare, school—if it's commercial, if it's retail, whatever—you um, you need to go to NAFA.
0: Yep, I, I agree, and and um, that's funny that you mentioned that because just before the holidays, I was helping um, a school district uh, with some equipment installation, and the the director asked me what my opinion was on whether or not uh they should attend NAFM or not and in Texas and in other states too we have um uh you know similar type shows on a much smaller scale that are more focused for the school districts and i told my suggestion to her was you know this show only happens every other year and this is one of the shows that go everybody goes all out at as far as really you know decking out their exhibits and their booths and everything and really bring in all the new stuff that they have and all hands on deck so my advice was, look, if, if you only have the budget to attend one show, I don't want to discourage you from attending you know, the, our state, which is Texas spe- specific shows or something like that. But if you have the chance to go like this is all encompassing for the industry, you're going to see the best of the best of every equipment manufacturer and everything that maybe you wouldn't see at a state show just because it's not quite as, as vast. But you'll see stuff here that you might not even see for another two or three years by the time it gets down to the state level. So yeah, if anybody has the opportunity to attend from the industry, it is absolutely worth it. It's a really cool show.
1: Yeah, you know, you just said they go all out and they really do. I was thinking, you know, I've been in the industry for a while, so I've been to more than a couple of NAFMs and the the excitement around it. And, you know, one thing I'm thinking about is how tired I will be. But how but at the same time, like how energized I've got, you know, I've been talking to some industry friends um, that have really become friends and and I have friends in in uh, Quebec and Toronto that I'm really looking forward to connecting with and seeing them again. Um, and then, uh, well, people from all over the country will be talking and texting, will you have time and, you know, trying to fit them in and then, um, talking to our factories, how excited some of them are about being there. And, you know, we're going into this knowing we're going to be exhausted. Like the Sunday after NAFM, I hope our families understand, um, couch time. That's
0: right. (laughs)
1: But, but at the same time, I'm so excited to go and learn and, um, you know, how many booths did you walk away from last NAFM with just this list of things you wanted to do when you got back?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I filled up, not kidding, filled up basically a notebook full of uh, of things from our factories and ideas and conversations that I had with customers and um, and it's great. And it's also really fun to see... Stuff that we don't necessarily even deal with as far as the the manufacturing partners that we have. Um, but I, I was shared this before the the mics went on. But um, when I used to when I used to cook, when we had um, new people come in to train, and we would try to teach them how to uh, or, or arrange the food on the plate. So when it went out to the customer, it was the way that the chef wanted it to be. We used to print off pictures of the dishes, like we take a picture on our cell phone, print it off bring it in and just tape it up on the wall and like i'm really excited to sort of see how the evolution of that with pos systems uh, even though we have nothing to do with that i just personally i think that's really interesting as far as more automated and uh, more graphics and pictures and to be able to, you know, someone orders a chicken breast with with uh, asparagus and, and rice. And now when that comes into the back of the kitchen and the cooks see that, there can be, you know, the menu item and a picture of it as well. And like, you know, that kind of thing. Um, how cool is that going to be to kind of see that stuff and the evolution of that technology? And it's starting to happen quickly now as well.
1: Yeah, it's it has amped up. Is that. We we I think we're close to the tipping point on that. Maybe we're already there. We'll we'll see when we get you know when we get to Orlando. Um, I think you know one of the things that you said earlier. Um, we agreed would kind of tell people what to expect about going to the show. And and I, I don't know if we can do that from different market segments. What it would be like, or or at least you know where you are in the industry, whether you're a consumer or um, you're in the sales, you know, the supply chain, like a dealer or or manufacturer or us. But if it's your first time to go to NAFM, since you you have recently been compared to, you know, to me, uh, what... What, what should you pack in your suitcase? Like, what should everybody know? If you've never been to NAFM before and you're going to be there the whole time and you want to get everything out of it, in other words, uh, you know, maybe a dealer um, who's, who's got to be there um, because their company says you got to be there when the doors open until the doors close, what, what do you think they need to know?
0: Uh, well, I would say, number one, uh, make sure you have the most comfortable shoes Uh, that you have and uh, bring multiple pairs of those. Uh, If you have a a Fitbit or a smartwatch or something like that, bring that because you'll get 10,000 steps by like 10 in the morning. Uh, Cell phone chargers, uh, portable chargers, all that kind of stuff. Really though, I think what's important is if somebody is gonna be attending the show, it's one of those things where um, it's almost like if you've been on vacation somewhere, like, well, take Disney World, for example. That It's so big since we're going to be in Orlando. It's so big if anybody's ever been there. And the one in Orlando has like four different theme parks. So if you just show up one day and be like, I want to go to Disney World, think- we kind of need a plan of attack here if you're going to you know enjoy that. So I would say the same thing with going to the show is, you want to try to you know take a look. They have an app uh, that you can download for the show that kind of maps out where all the different booths are. So you definitely want to have a plan of attack so that you don't have to put the energy in while you're there and trying to figure out what you're doing. You can just focus your energy on on enjoying the show and spending time with customers and and uh and doing that sort of thing um and also we are fortunate because we work with uh, one of our manufacturing partners uh frankie and they they do super automatic espresso machines so that's a good first stop in the morning for us <laughs> yeah to get a get an espresso to help wake us up because there are like you said uh, long days long nights uh not much sleep but uh but it's great
1: the show opens um the show opens on Thursday, um, and Thursday, sorry, February 7th. So you can, you, the, the floor is open for attendees from 9am to 5pm. And that's true on Friday. And then it's, um, uh, nine to three on Saturday, the 9th. But for us, the floor, the, the, we can get in early because we're we're manufacturers reps basically we're exhibitors and there's training time um and, and i'm sure they have um training time for um special groups as well uh that that go in from eight to nine so for for a dealer i'm guessing they're somewhat similar to us in that Um, they've got their plan mapped out. um, Possibly if it's a if it's a big company, they probably mapped out a plan, especially for new people. I mean, I would not want to just walk in those doors and not know what you know, just think I'm going to walk up and down every single aisle, which that's fine. um, But but still have a plan. We we of course go from booth To booth to booth, and we walk with our customers, which are restaurant supply companies, and also um, our end user customers, who might be like you said, a school or hospital or chain restaurant, or you know, we we get to interact with all of them, and uh, yeah. So for you know, I guess, what do you think we plan our day to be from? Uh, 7 a.m. to start working at 7, 6.30 on one of those days, 6.30 a.m., yep. and then we, we hope to be uh, back to our hotels by midnight and then yeah. start over the next Yeah, and day. I was
0: just looking at my, uh, my schedule this morning, my flight, and I live about 45 minutes away from the airport, so I fly <laughs> out of the Dallas area at 6 a.m., which means I'll need to be up probably like three thirty, four 4.00 just to get to the airport a little extra uh, to make sure there isn't any delays with security. And then uh, we have training all that day. Then I have dinner with uh, some customers at night. And then that following morning at 6.30 Eastern time, which is 5.30 my time, we're <laughs> going to have a meeting with one of our manufacturing partners. Um, and then we have the show all day there. And then we again have dinners with customers that evening. And then Friday morning is the first day that we can "quote unquote" sleep in, uh, which is really going to be uh, six o'clock, you know, five thirty-six <laughs> Central Time, even though it's six thirty-seven Eastern Time. So, yeah, when we said the no sleep thing, um, I think that's that's pretty funny. So, you know, staring down the barrel of that is not exciting, but um, it it is exciting because we're you know I'm looking forward to to going and doing everything. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, and and of course. We should say to um, the people that are attending the show as a consumer, it's a you don't have that kind of I mean, you you could, I suppose, but you don't have that kind of schedule. And so um, visiting the booths that you have, like if you've got the NAFM show app on your phone, and you can kind of plot out which booths you want to go to. But also some of the breakout sessions, um, you know, the education that they have. I'm looking um, for attendees and they've got this cool breakout. So they've broken out when you go on their website for attendees, food service operators, um, an option for dealers and distributors for kitchen design or um, uh, management consultants. And then it's broken out by those three groups and when you look through the sites i mean uh, you click on those they've kind of got it broken out um you know select your segment okay so select your segment let's pick um restaurant chain or qsr and it's broken out so they've they've kind of narrowed the search for you there you don't have to look through every single educational breakout session if you're a chain you most likely want won't want to know what's going on for the K-12 market. And you're going to focus on the events or the, the educational sessions that they've got for you. And I'm looking at this. There's a lot. Um, First, we should mention the, the um, what's hot, what's cool section, that lounge area, you know, where you can go and. Oh yeah.
0: That was really cool. I like that. And hot.
1: And it was hot and it was, And and it was cool. It was hot. That's right. And cool. Yeah.
0: Well, and, and one of the things that I wanted to, to ask you about and get into with you is, uh, I think you're going down that path is the, the food hall uh, mania focus um, on that th- this year. I don't remember what uh, two years ago with the, the sort of the theme and focus of some of those uh, breakouts and lounge areas were, but this year I'm, I'm excited for that topic of food hall mania. Yeah. I,
1: you know, I'm just rolling through these and i know that i saw that somewhere and you know i'm about 30 minutes outside of houston and i haven't been to a food hall yet so i'm excited to get get more of a get more of a a taste for what that's like oh my gosh get more of a taste for a food hall
0: you're just on fire today
1: did did you pick up on that
0: yeah oh i did yeah
1: (laughs) yeah so um but but uh yeah check that out i mean we don't have to drill down into that the the different options but i do like how they they pulled that through depending on what segment you are so food service operators and you just go check out what you know what's open for you depending on your your school healthcare, what have you awesome smart dig it yep Food yep. hall mania. Here, I found it. It's right there. There you it was, go. It was actually right in front of my face. I was just like my well, husband when he says, "Where are my blue socks?" You mean those blue socks? That's what. Yeah, just the ones you're holding. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So the the food hall. You said you haven't haven't been to one. I've actually been fortunate. Um, I live north of the Dallas area in, in Frisco, and we have. Um, A really cool development called Shops of Legacy that's been around for probably 10 or 12 years and it's a mixed use space, uh, mainly restaurants, bars, some retail and that's on one side of the highway and on the other side of the highway they built a new version of that called Legacy West and again, mixed use retail restaurants, bars uh, retail in there, there's actually a a Tesla car dealership, so if you're just bored on a Saturday and want to buy a Tesla, go for it (laughs) um And there's some really nice hotels, and and my wife and I and our friends, everything we've been over there a bunch, and it's such a really cool area, but one of the things they have that is sort of like the flagship of this new development is a food hall. It's called Legacy Hall, and it is just, it's like a three-story building, and if you've never been in a food hall, think about like, uh, we've all probably eaten at the food court of a mall, and how each, you know, there's all these different kiosks, and if you want Chinese food, or you want a slice of pizza, or you want Chick-fil-A, or whatever, you can basically get whatever you want at a food court. So this is, if you think about like a chefed out version, or a culinary version of that, and it's multiple layers, or levels, and um, it's almost like you can kind of snack, you can kind of go and stop, and like, oh, I'll take a, you know, a soft pretzel from this uh, German stand that, and also a, you know, 46 ounce beer stein. And then you can go down the road or go down the, the hallway and get some pizza or some ice cream. and It's just a really cool thing. And, and this one here at Legacy West is also a little family oriented as well. So there's some, there's some space for that. Uh, but it is slammed, like it is super busy every day, all the time. And I actually have some customers over there uh, in, in different parts of the the development, but I'll have to drive past that during the week um, to get, you know, to get to the customers and it's still booming uh, middle of the day, two o'clock in the afternoon on a Wednesday. And there's, you know, people lined up trying to get in and it's, it's really cool.
1: I'll have to check. I, I really do want to go, it, you know, it's like ugh, I had to drive to Houston. It's too much. For you. I know, yeah. but yeah, I do want to go. Um, and more and more I see on social media, um, really cool old buildings and downtown areas that so it seems like that's yeah. a great way for developers to, you know, revitalize maybe kind of underserved areas that, that, um, can turn around a neighborhood or whatever. And, uh, gosh, I, I feel like in Houston, I don't think it's been built, but I read about, um, a food hall that's going into an, an old building, Maybe I dreamt this. I'll have to go check it out. But a uh, food hall that's going into an old building, and uh, it's also going to have, like, apartments in it, So or loft apartments.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
1: E- yeah. So that's that sounds kind of cool, um, this whole area. Yeah, I'll check it out.
0: Well, and one other thing I wanted to mention with the food halls, uh, I don't want to overlook this. One of the other really cool things about it is it gives operators – uh, an opportunity to get their name out there and almost have like a mini restaurant. You know, not everybody can afford to have a a full size restaurant or full size bar, but if you have enough money to be a part of one of these food halls, you basically have like a stall, if you will, or a mini version, like like I said, in a, a in a food court at a mall. But that allows you to get your Uh, creativity out there to get your menu out there to get your name out there and and oftentimes in these kind of situations that will lead to a a development of an actual full-size restaurant no matter what kind of concept it is but that's really neat and it's a great way to kind of have exposure to a lot of different concepts and see a lot of different foods and and that's great because uh, people that are aspiring to to uh, grow in the industry and be the future of our industry they they need a place to start and, and that's really cool.
1: Well, I, I, yeah, I didn't even realize the stall thing. I just for some, I, I like the whole idea. Um, it's, it's to me, it's like taking a food park, a food truck park, and taking it inside. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, here in Texas, most of the time, well, not lately. I don't know what's up with the weather, but most of the time, you can eat outside here in Houston, anyway, or down yep. south of Houston. And so, food parks are really kind of cool thing to do. But the idea of the food hall. Um, it, it's like, it's a whole new vibe. But anyway, so I was looking while we were talking also about some of the other sessions that they had at NAFM for these other food service operators and, um, you know, f- food halls are a big deal, but also they are addressing the convenience craze and how uh, how the, the C-store and grocery market is emerging and now really... <laughs> You know, years ago we wouldn't talk about them being part of the food service industry. They were a retail operator. But nope. but but they are they have I wouldn't say they are joining, they are increasing the way they join and they're being more diversified. Not only are they having meals that, you know, sit down and eat in a grocery store and a C-store, but take meals home with you and meal replacements, which, you know, they that affects the the restaurants that we serve and so that is shaping also the way restaurants work and and the the thing about the NAFM show is it knows that and it's addressing all of all of these different segments so um it is a shame that we don't (laughs) don't get to go to some of these these sessions because it they really look just well planned out and uh and uh, it's just so diverse. I'm, I just keep clicking through. I'm like, wow, they've got this. And um, anyway, if you're going to Nafram show, check it out before you go. There's some, some great educational breakout and, and they weren't just throwing things together. They really have put some thought behind these sessions.
0: Yeah. That's, uh, that's an interesting point that you mentioned about the grocery stores and, and the C stores as far as their evolution into the, the food service um, area. And you're exactly right. Like when I I was a kid, I never thought about being able to pick up prepared food at a grocery store. I thought you'd go to get your food at the grocery store and go home and prepare it. Um, And as far as a convenience store or a gas station, you know, sort of the the stereotype of that is, you know, you throw a burrito in the microwave or you get a slushie or whatever, maybe it's an option for breakfast. Um, But now it's developing into you can have, you know, almost like a, a a full menu for breakfast and a full menu for lunches with sandwiches and and all sorts of, and salads and all sorts of stuff. And I'm curious to see how they're going to continue to grow that to capture the dinner time market because I think a lot of people now have begun to accept, hey, I can get a good, tasty, you know, oftentimes healthy option at a convenience store slash you know what we think of as like a gas station, um, but they're not necessarily thinking about that for dinner time. Uh, but and i 've seen in grocery stores a lot that you can stop in and get prepared meals you know rotisserie chicken that 's cooked for example, or sushi that 's already rolled and it 's actually pretty good and you can take that home and instead of having to just go through the drive through somewhere you can have those those options so i 'm curious to see how the evolution of that 's going to be for grocery stores and convenience stores as that becomes more accepted and more mainstream
1: well and okay so i'm i 'm looking through the site still, and you add on to that another layer which is the snacks, snacks. So, you know, Starbucks, um, I, I mean, C stores and grocery stores have snacks already, but, but, but put together um, little, you know, to go grab and go kind of snacks like, the, um, like they do at Starbucks, um, which I, I, don't, I don't go to Starbucks that often just because mostly I drink water. And then, you know, vodka all day long if I don't have water.
0: Well, I feel like you're hurting their business because I think they could use your your, uh, your so. money. Yeah. Well,
1: here's where they get my business. I do like a Trente black tea with one stevia. That's my favorite.
0: Isn't the Trente, isn't that the size above Venti? It is. So it's like a punch bowl of tea is what you they just give you and you walk out the door with that?
1: Yes. They have okay, a combo. They have a combo. You can get the tea and a roll of toilet paper because you're going to potty a lot. They got that combo <laughs> TMI. No, I, yeah, I like that. I do like that tea. Um, but here's, they have this like a, uh, gosh, I wish I was a name of it, but it's just some sliced cheese and sliced, um, it's not pepperoni, but like, I mean, not pepperoni, a salami. It's a, it's a salami family, little sliced sure. meat thing. And, and they've got some other things with the boiled egg and, and, you know, I, I'm not going to say that's healthy. But it's better than running through maybe and getting, you know, a, some, a fried option somewhere else. Yeah, or which, or even just
0: a bag of chips, or if that's all you have. Which you know.
1: about, Yeah, yeah, exactly, a bag of chips. But but anyway, um, I know that the idea of drive-through restaurants adding smaller portion, not not like kids' meal things, but sh- snacks, that's increasing. And, snacks um, on snacks on snacks <laughs> why do I always hear that in my head when I say snacks because you guys always say that that's right what is that from I
0: I don't know I think we started saying it and then I we heard it in a commercial or maybe vice versa uh, but yes snacks on snacks on snacks Okay. also if you're not careful it's very easy to have a snack accident where you have too much of a snack <laughs> love it alright moving on
1: Moving on. I, yeah, we've covered a lot about the NAFM show, um, I feel like. and Yes, uh, I,
0: I do too. I do to, too. I, I'm excited and it's just a massive show.
1: It's a massive show. So um, I think what I am looking forward to learning is different than what you're looking forward to learning versus um, probably everybody in our company. Um, I get to, I get what I will be doing. We're, we're hosting a contest where's Mickey contest and people can find more about that if they are so inclined on our Instagram, which is or Twitter, which is uh, Instagram or Twitter at FHW Inc. Um, and for me, I'm going to learn about the marketing initiatives and how our manufacturers are expanding or even entering the YouTube world, and and also how they are using social media, and and so what I'm what I'm after is is kind of how their products roll into social media and marketing, and of course you're going for for product knowledge and and the free snacks,
0: and the free snacks, yes, but along with that I'm, I'm also maybe on a little bit broader sense. Uh, Not so much of social media, but I'm really excited to see how the equipment and products that we're going to see are becoming more integrated uh, with technology. And I think as we continue to move forward, it'll become, I don't know if easier is the right word, but it'll become easier for equipment and technology and quality to all become integrated where you can get... Something made quickly, in a, for example, in a high-speed oven, it's a high-quality, and the technology is there to be able to integrate recipes and share it from one machine to the next and look at sales history and all that kind of stuff. And to me, I think that's great when you can start gathering all that data and start connecting all those different points. I think that's when, um, as a customer, you really have an opportunity to to get a, get a handle on your business, and, and uh, I'm excited to kind of learn some of that.
1: Yeah, me, me too. And food waste. The, yes. I wonder if that's, yeah, that's gonna great. Be a to thing, you know, uh, the manufacturers taking on the, the initiatives. If you look at Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever streaming service you use and um, you watch any kind of documentary on food, then they kind of, you know, it, the algorithms obviously suggest other shows like that. And there are a gazillion out there. And I got to tell you, it's it's that is something fascinating to me. In fact, I'm going to do a little research, might write a blog about that. Um, and, and so maybe you could write a blog too. We should all write blogs. Do we have blogs on blogs on blogs?
0: blogs on blogs on blogs
1: (laughs) anyway so that's what we're looking forward to and um i i can't wait to hang out with our customers and see our manufacturers and meet new people that we haven't you know we haven't got to meet at the manufacturer level yet there's there's a lot of um of additional people that we didn't get to see last NAFO.
0: that's true that's true i'm excited Yeah. Well, all right. Well, thank you for, uh, for chatting about that. And thank you everyone for listening. That about does it. Uh, we will be back with another episode in two weeks. And we ask you uh, to continue to listen, to support us, to subscribe, rate and review our podcast. Uh, it'll be available. It is available on, uh, on Apple Podcasts, iTunes and, and Google Play. So we're really excited about this. We're going to have a, a lot of really cool episodes coming up in the future with a lot of really unique guests in the food service industry. So thank you for listening. Carrie. thank you for uh, for chatting with me today. And we'll be back next time on the Food Service for Thought podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Food Service for Thought podcast with Carrie and Justin.
1: We hope you enjoyed this episode. And really, even if you didn't, we'd really love it if you leave a positive comment on iTunes.
0: At the very least, please give us a thumbs up and be sure to check in for our next episode. Thanks again. Have a great day. Bye-bye.